Hello everyone and welcome to the 15th episode of the OrcaCast. We did it. We did it 15 episodes in and still going strong. With me, my lovely co-host, Lord Val Gaming. Hi. And my other lovely co-host, Bum Bum. Hello. We wage walk on the Xbox Showcase today. Val, Xbox Showcase. You're the Xbox Pro. <laughs> I'm not the Xbox Pro. <laughs> I want to... Uh, shall we start off with the my two favorite games of the show? We can do that, or we can just talk in general about it a little bit and in general about it uh yeah. what well, i think the xbox showcase has been absolutely wonderful it's uh it's turned the whole thing around i mean it's made people kind of like believe on the xbox series x a little bit and you know what the capabilities of the console are and it's kind of you know not convinced because we are still one thing that still bugs me is the fact that we don't have a price and a date. I need to know the date of release and the price. I don't know what they're waiting for. They might be waiting for, there might be a business strategy where they're waiting for um, uh, Sony to announce that first and then they come back with it. I don't know what it is, but. Um, that's the one thing I was missing, and that's one thing I was expecting to see a, you know, at the end of the show, get a release date and a price. So that's the one thing I was missing. But other than that, the console looks absolutely stunning. The games look absolutely amazing. They were showcasing games in 4K, uh, 60 FPS, and, you know, they they... You know, the brand game, you know, the, the game that carries uh, every single Xbox, every single new release, which is Halo. This time it's Halo Infinite, which looks stunning. and It just seems to be absolutely amazing. And Destiny. <laughs> um, I'm just not a fan of Halo Infinite being open world. I'll just say that now. Did we get like confirmation that it's entirely like straight up just an open world game, or is it gonna be some parts are semi open world, like for ODST or the first Halo? I got no idea. Uh, there is no confirmation. I think it's gonna be open world for what we had so far. But you know, nowadays we know what happens, bam bam, when people you know claim to be open world and they like, yeah, it's open world, but there is a set path that you have to go. It is. Yeah, essentially, it's like just a big level. It's not an actual open world. Exactly, exactly. So I would say not really open world, but it might be, or it might not be. <laughs> they might be claiming to be open world, but then at the end of the day, they might say, yeah, but it's open world, but you have to follow this path. Otherwise, you know, you are not going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be more like that. It's going to be open world, quote unquote. No, there is going to be a set path for you to go, and that's about it. Um, yeah, if, I can live better with it, that. If it truly is open world, and they're going to start building on that, okay, so bring it, bring it on, bring it on, because I, I, I would love to do that. Yeah, like the, my favorite thing about the Halo, what we've been shown is that they go back to the art style. And the designs of the first and second Halo, it's 
it's toning back the out there sci-fi stuff from uh, four and five. It's more recognizable too because I played more of the older ones than the newer ones. So to me, it's like coming back and seeing that it's like, okay, that's the Halo I remember and not the Halo, the Halo has later become. I mean, in, in general, the show for me, it's been absolutely wonderful. It shows, it showcased the games of the console. It's finally, you know, they're finally thrown out everything that is like, there you go, guys. This is what we can do. This is what we're going to offer. This is what the games are looking like. These are our independent studios, which some of them, let me tell you, are doing absolutely wonderful job. And I love the fact that Microsoft is supporting independent studios, not just the big ones. And they're not only showcasing big ones, looking at you, Sony. <clears throat> so they're actually showcasing those, you know, uh, smaller studios that are making uh, games and they're trying to uh, get into, the, you know, the, the big consoles and everything. So they are doing a really good job. And I think just, you know, like I said before, I miss the price on the release date. That's all I need. I, I wonder. I want uh, to know when this is coming up. I mean, the release window is set, isn't it? Yeah, it's ho it's the holiday season. Holiday yeah. season, well, it could be, could be. It's, it's October or November, November to December. It's October, November, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and there is no pricing. I need to know the pricing as well. Which you know, uh, I don't think they did the price on the release uh, business business perspective. Makes sense not to do it because you are hyping up the actual console so you are hyping up the console with the games and the trailers and everything so it makes sense because at the end of the day seeing a price of a console is, is a turn down for everyone because it's not going to be 20 bucks a console it's going to be five six hundred so it's gonna be a turn down so they, they they were clever and they said okay let's keep it on this uh, you know on gaming only hype this up hype this up and just you know not saying nothing about the about the actual price so it creates a little bit of you know excitement about the console which they already which they did in my opinion the show was brilliant the show was not only for p for for xbox fans but also for pc fans mm -hmm. because i'm pretty sure that my two favorite games of the show which we come later to will be on PC as well, so I got my just out of it, and if there are two games announced in one show, which I'm genuinely excited for, you're either Nintendo or now apparently Microsoft. Can we also talk about how everyone is now copying the Nintendo Direct style? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone is doing it now, like, oh yeah, this is much easier to do than <laughs> an E3 presentation. I wonder why E3 doesn't happen anymore. That's also kind of, um, for a second, go back to Halo. But that's why the Halo we've been shown doesn't look as good as some, from some of the new, newer screenshots or uh, showcases, because it's an old build that was made for E3. Some of, like, when you look at the newer stuff, it just looks straight up better. So the, the Halo's going to look even better than what we've seen here during the showcase. Generally, I think the show was good. 
I think people can get a lot out of it. Again, I have a little bit the problem that uh, if you just show me a trailer, I'm not too excited about it. There was a lot of gameplay, though. Yeah, there was a lot of gameplay. I, I do agree. Totally. No, just in general, like, Fable or, ironically, my two favorite games. <laughs> I think yeah. they only showed CGI trailers of those, but the announcement alone gets me going. And yeah, but overall, I would say it was a show worth watching, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And for video game and especially Xbox fans, they had a lot of good stuff in it. Yes. Yeah, which we come to in a minute. Yeah. Bum bum. Yeah, I mean... Um, it was a showcase, I guess. There was some stuff I liked. I thought the Halo gameplay was nice. As I said, it, it showed that they're looking more towards the older style of Halo games, not towards the newer stuff. You know, after the Bungie, after Bungie left, they're going back. So I like that. Uh, there was Silker 2. I like that. And the Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. But yeah, those were just trailers. And for the most part, all we got was trailers. There was only gameplay for selected few games. And none of the other announcements really grabbed my attention. But still, it was uh, it was definitely a better showing than they did last time, especially compared to the maligned, quote-unquote, gameplay showcase when there was just trailers the first time around when they announced games for it. Mostly was the first party games, wasn't it? The ones that had the gameplay on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was their biggest titles usually. That's where they showed gameplay. Yeah. yeah I think it's just a, a matter of having sorry, Orko. Uh, I think it's just a matter of uh them having access to the console earlier so they can actually show something. Then some more men. Yeah, plus I think it's still a couple of months, so some of them just don't want to show an unfinished build. Mm -hmm. Some developers are, for whatever reason, just too afraid of it. So yeah, so I think that's why some of them as well. I mean, uh, there was the uh, About by Obsidian, which showed a little bit of sort of gameplay, but also I think because it's a big RPG, we're going to have to wait for a bigger chunk to actually see how it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I had a pretty good impression how this game will be from, or how this game could end up being uh, just by looking at the gameplay they've shown. Um, but we could do that when Val is talking about it. That's pretty much my thoughts on the showcase. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was, they had gameplay, they had announcements, you know, a, a good showcase generally has two, for me, two to three very important components. You have gameplay to back it up, if only for your major title in this case, but they had it. You surprised me with announcements, which they did. And it's brief enough, so I don't uh, want to throw myself out of a window and this was also the case so 
they had all these three components in place, so I would call it a good showcase. And a overall very successful one. I think they, they, they approach the showcase the right way. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, it felt like Phil Spencer went over, oh, well, Phil Spencer or the team, or, or, you know, obviously that will probably, ha everything will have to go through Phil Spencer, I guess. They looked at the previous show on the Xbox One and they fixed what they did wrong. So basically they did the opposite as the Xbox One show. So they showed the gameplay, they showed the trailers, they showed the whatever they had to, you know, uh, claiming the most powerful console as of today, which is actually true. So, you know, they're going strong with that most powerful console. So they, they, you know, they're embracing it. So, and they did that. They showed what uh, the console actually can do, which is, you know, which is, I think it was the whole point of the show, isn't it? Yeah. It's showing like a bit of flexing. Let's, let's call it flexing. They were flexing. They were saying, okay, we can run this on 60 FPS and it's 4K, by the way. So they, they kept saying that over and over again. So, you know, making sure that people knew what, you know, what they were talking about. So, you know, they, they, they were doing the, Obviously, uh, they're doing quite the, the the opposite of what they did on the Xbox One, which was showing a lot of things that weren't related to you know the gaming and blah blah and whatnot. So now they're going all out on this is the games, this is how powerful my console is, uh, this is what you're gonna get, this is how beautiful your games are going to look if you purchase this console. So as well as you know you can really miss it because you can get sidetracked on gaming with a new console, getting cocky and stuff like that. They, you know, basically went down to the, basically down to basics and said, okay, this is a console, this plays games. There you go. All the games. Yeah, look how I pretty think, they all look. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just was going to say that also the, the way they structured the show and the way they talked about these games, they also were talking about it as uh, not just a console, but they're building essentially like a, Microsoft gaming platform, which is united under the Game Pass. So it seems like that a lot of the games also will be coming out on PC, mm -hmm. which I like because that way, like, because the way Sony is now, they're doubling down on exclusivity. Yeah. So I think, like, we've seen some of the PS4 games getting a PC release, and yeah. some of them are still going to get later PC release as well. I don't think it's going to be that much present during once PS5 rolls around because, yeah, Microsoft's essentially going the way we're going to make this an open platform that, okay, you can play your games on the Xbox and your PC as long like when you have it connected through the Game Pass. And I like that idea because I don't feel really feel like I don't just don't have the space for, you know, too many to my stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't, I didn't mention that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, they got, they showed that everything can be played on PC as well, which is, you know, and then you got uh, what is it, uh, Game Pass? Yeah, yeah, the Game Pass. Everything yeah. going through Game Pass, and it's like, like for real, like everything going through Game Pass is just like I said before. You know, they they flex a little bit, and they said, you know, <laughs> you can do all of this. All of this on Game Pass, go and play on your PC because you can do it as well. Boom, there you go. 
Mic drop, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, that's the that's the clashing philosophy between Microsoft and Sony, whereas Sony is leaning now more towards exclusivity. And they also talked about the smart delivery that for good number of games, even on the Game Pass, like as long as you have the Game Pass, you get Xbox versions for the new new console for free. Mm-hmm. You can play them on the new console as well. So that's good. Essentially, you can, like, if you feel like you can just buy the console, and but you will still have games to play at, because you have the Game Pass. They, yeah, they're, they're building a really, really, in my opinion, very strong, very, very strong base. With, you know, regarding of, you know, the smart delivery, like you said, you can play on any device. Just to get sidetracked a little bit. Um, they were also talking about the xCloud, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the xCloud is basically Microsoft's answer to Stadia. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, this is basically Stadia done right and put a bullet into the head of Stadia for good. Because unlike Stadia, or Google in this case, because Stadia is a Google product, Microsoft understands how this has to work as a service. To be considered from the from a consumer or perspective, and also if you own a game on Xbox already, yeah, you it's... can go and play on your phone. It's like yeah, there you go. That's it, it. It's yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you don't have so the the way Stadia works is like you have to pay a monthly fee for the service, which is like ten dollars, mm-hmm. and then additionally on top you have to buy the damn game. Which as far you already as already are doing it with Xbox, isn't it? Yeah, and as far as I know, you just need the Game Pass, and you have also XCloud. Yeah, Game Pass already comes with games, yeah. so why not use XCloud? Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft does yeah. it right. Microsoft knows what they are doing. They don't bumble around to be the first in the market. They just slowly build their stuff up. Like a really good constructor would, they laid the foundation. First, they came out with the Game Pass. I think they saw when when Sony. Sony was smart. Sony. When Sony first unveiled PlayStation Plus, everyone was like, "That was an amazing idea, Sony." Then they uh, attached the online access to PlayStation Plus in this generation which was a smart move on their part i was not content with that but it was a smart move on their part and microsoft was left behind basically because you were only uh, paying for internet access but didn't get any games from them and Mm -hmm. so they just yes said okay let's make xbox games with gold but and here comes the big but. Microsoft, what they didn't, uh, what they did probably behind the scenes were, they were thinking about how can we rectify that? How can we offer a better quality deal than Sony does with PlayStation Plus? And then they started working on the Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. And they launched the Game Pass, I'd say at the tail end of their console, and to a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And Sony has to really step their game up at this point. 
I wouldn't say it's not worth owning a PlayStation, but Sony makes it makes it a hard sell at the moment. They're approaching things on the right way. They are. Uh, uh, you guys remember when our podcast? What was it? The number five or six when we spoke about the first Xbox show. And we were talking about, you know, uh, everything. You guys remember what I said? Uh, My, In my opinion, Phil Spencer has changed the concept of Xbox and, you know, what Xbox represents for Microsoft. It's like they, he's moved everything. He said, okay, all in one box, scrap it. Gamers don't want that. Uh, Kinect, scrap it. Gamers don't want that. Uh, no handheld device. Scrap it. Gamers don't want that. He's gone and he's moved his team on Xbox to what matters to the people that buy on Xbox. Games. And games only. He's focused on games and games only. And they have shifted the, the let's just say, their budget instead of a million other things that no one wants onto investing on new studios, independent studios, to create more games and make games for them. It's like, as an, as an Xbox you know, fan, you have to be happy for having a person in charge of a console like Phil Spencer. I admire the guy because the guy is a gamer as well. He's not just a businessman. He's not a guy that is there for, to make the money. No, no, he plays games. You can see him. He does play games and he likes games. He tweets about them. So it is, you know, and he also plays, he likes Destiny. So I love him for that. Um, it shifted everything around. And I think it's just that the, 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 X, the Microsoft, the, the Xbox is on the right direction. Thanks to that person that is in charge. You know, the captain of the ship. If that person is only a businessman, uh, Everything's going to start going wrong. If the captain of the, you know, of the ship is actually the person that wants to play the games and he understands what, you know, uh, us as gamers want, rather than having an all-in-one console, which no one cares about, if I'm honest with you, because everyone has their own TV with everything, a smart delivery. You, you don't even need a console for that. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of you know, shifted everything around into, you know, being focused on games and games only, and the money goes into, you know, developing games, the money goes into developing the console and making the most powerful console in the market twice in a row, more powerful than actually PlayStation, which is not, yeah, we can have the argument forever about, you know, PC and everything, like, fair enough, that came up when I was actually watching the, uh, the actual show and people, you know, during during the actual show, I was live watching it, and people kept, people kept saying the same thing. Oh, PC Master Race. I was like, okay, you guys are missing the point. This is not PC Master Race. This is a console. This is excitement, and not just for the console. It's excitement because when there is a new console, there is a ton of new games, a ton of new IPs, a ton of, like, you know, loads of new things that we probably wouldn't see if it wasn't because of the console launch. And it's all about the games. It's not just the, the console or anything. Yeah, PC will always be better. Fair enough. 
focus on what they're trying to deliver, you know, focus on what they're trying to do or what they're doing. They're actually, you know, giving us more games. They're giving us different games. They're giving you, you know, they, they're not just giving us, you know, AAA studios and the ones that are making money. Just Ori and the, uh, is it, uh, and the Wheel of the, Ori and, and the Wheel of the Wasps, isn't it? Wisps, yes. Wisps. Okay. Uh, 100, 120 FPS, 4K. And that, that game is absolutely beautiful. It is beautiful. It's a really, uh, I don't know. This kind I, of I thing. Wish, no. I just wish it had also the gameplay to back up the beautiful visuals. Uh, they, have, they have gameplay, isn't it? So well, what I'm saying is I, I absolutely adored Ori and the Blind Forest. I, mm -hmm. I just want to preface this because Ori and the Blind Forest is one of my favorite jump and runs ever. And I was amazingly disappointed by Will of Wisps. Amazingly disappointed. Mm -hmm. Because what I would have liked for the game to do is... Will... Uh, not Will of Wisps. Blind Forest lends itself perfectly to speedrunning. It's really good at that. And it has... Well, it, it was semi-open, but it had a structure. More, more structured levels. And what I would have um, wanted is that they condense it down more, make more level-based level-based approach in the sequel, but instead they went more open. They went more Metroidvania. And we mm -hmm. already have a ton of Metroidvanias, especially Metroidvanias that do it better. And Will of Wisps feels just very empty to me and very boring. Oh, it's just a wonderful-looking game. It, it looks fantastic. No, no, uh, no debate there. It, it looks absolutely beautiful when it comes to visuals. Just the gameplay is boring. Yeah, but well, uh, you know, the, the, what I'm trying to say is just they come up with things like that. So you know, when they shift their focus on not just uh, you know showing TV shows and stuff like that, they are <laughs> focusing on games which is what we want at the end of the day and you know it is it is actually like it's it's great to see like honestly it is great to see i'm telling you i think it's just the fact that phil spencer came to the platform and he is focused on the right things and he wants to do the right things he wants to move forward with gaming rather than what should I call it? The the Kinect was it Kinect, yeah. Rather than Kinect and all this crazy stuff, it's like, you know, no, no one cared about that before. No one cares about that today. And it's like, you know, I mean, you, what, what is... you need to find your what is it? What what your clientele is going to be, isn't it? Like I'd say, if yeah. you want something like the Kinect, your clientele is on Nintendo already. So you don't want to tap into them. They they it's, it's already done. Like you're not going to steal them from them. You might take 10,000 or 20,000, but I don't think, you know, the millions of people that are playing Nintendo already are not going to switch to Xbox because they've been doing it for years. You know, you got to understand what your clientele wants. You, you, you don't, you can't be looking at the numbers only and just thinking that you know best, which is what the previous gentleman did. And, you know, his team, uh, you know, not, like I said, you know, they're shifting the focus and they're going on to the games. You know, let's scrap everything else. Let's focus on what we want. 
and let's get games together and let's invest on you know like i said uh, independent studios i think that's a brilliant thing and it, it talks about how much they care about what they're trying to push out which is games and more things not just the triple triple a games they're trying to push out all the games as well and trying to get you know more people uh recognized so it's it's great to have a person like that in charge of the console that i actually play you know what i mean bam bam you got any bam bam i heard bam bam in the background <laughs> hmm? no i don't have anything else to add honestly okay then let's just jump into the games real quick mm -hmm. talk about those so we already briefly talked about halo infinite which is probably or is the flagship title of the console because this is what they going to sell it on mm -hmm. more or less uh, i can see why they want to do that i'm i'm just glad they got away from the halo 5 shenanigans yeah essentially i think it's it's based again on a halo ring right though i think it still fo follows the storyline of the games so far it's not uh, either like a reboot or ignoring any of the previous games. Uh, they they showcase a little bit of like they were flexing when they were showing Halo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest with you, they were flexing big time. They like look at this landscape and everything is with this console and it's everything in 4K. So they were like showing off. I think that they did that just to show off a little bit. The game looks amazing. Like believe it or not, I never played Halo in my life. So. I've watched it and I've seen it and I know what it is, but I never played Halo in my life. So I really have no idea uh, how the game plays or what really was different. But obviously, it, it looked absolutely amazing. It looked amazing. I just, yeah. I was like, I can, run away. I can, I can put it into a relative term for you. Imagine Destiny 2, but it plays good. That's a that's a Halo. And wow, this for us, this is this coffee. It was immaculate driving there, but don't do that to me, my man. Come on, man. I can just speed my coffee. Whoa. That reaction, that reaction says it all, eh? <laughs> I don't have to say I don't have to say anything else. That reaction says it all. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Um <laughs> they, no, honestly, the game looks looks really nice and I can see why people love the game. And I think it's it's a, yeah, Halo is what started everything, isn't it? Like it yeah, was yeah, created it's... by Bungie and um yeah, like what people say and what I always say is like Destiny's up Halo and Asteroids basically. With an open world and million things to do. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, it's like an anime Halo. Halo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm basically I, since we already talked about it, I might as well mention it again. I'm just not a fan of the idea of everything in open world. So I hope it's more of a focused open world, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. something you yeah. can go through and have a few distractions, maybe a, two or three side missions, and then just go your merry way back onto your main quest. I don't yeah, want I this mean, to be full-blown Ubisoft formula open world. What if they yeah. go open world? 
and they start building within the game. Mm, Wouldn't that be great? No. no. No, because we already had that in CNC Renegade years ago and it didn't work. Why? Why would it work? I mean, I think on, on a world like Halo, just think about it. It's so similar to, to Destiny already. I think it might actually work somehow. I mean, they have series. They have a ton of stuff. Like, the load on, on Halo is quite extensive already. I think it would only be a good idea to create, like, an open world game. Where Halo Infinite, like the name says, stays forever. And there's no new games. It's one game and one game only. And everything builds within that game. Oh, you mean like a build up on the game? Okay, like a make yeah, exactly. it essentially a platform. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. what Destiny is doing right now. Like basically what Destiny oh, is doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I, I, Destiny too, and they're the, building the, within the game. Yeah, because the way we understood it, we thought you were talking like make like crafting or building buildings in the game. That's why Orko was talking about CNC Renegade, which was yeah, a, but... like an FPS RTS hybrid. We yeah, just yeah, misher- okay. mis- we just misunderstood yeah. you. Yeah, because it's, just... it's gonna be it's gonna be open world to do that, isn't it? Uh, I mean, to to build within the game. I mean, you cannot build within the game within, you know, with just a single think, story, think single the, player game. The it? title, the title, Infinite, kind of gives it away that they want to build on it and probably make it a very long running game. And I wouldn't be surprised if this would be more like a Destiny two kind of deal. Uh, in terms of what they want to do with it. Because Halo already has the four people multiplayer built in. I honestly think they're going to go with that. They're going to go full-on open world and they're going to go the Destiny route. I don't know if I like that. I'll see. (laughs) I, I... I mean, like I said, I don't play it, but I know, even though I don't play it, never played it in my life, that's that's a true, never played it in my life. The game, I know the game has a very, I actually watched the series. I don't remember what the name was, but I was watching some series and I know the game has a built-in massive lore already, which you can't, I mean... You, you only like if you think about it. You, you, I would want to take advantage of that. You already have the story building. You don't have yeah. to do anything else. But the you, thing is, you hmm. also had, uh, what like six or seven games before this, and mm-hmm. the, they ran through most of the lore. There's that much left to really do. Like even Halo Five Guardians, it's pretty much just building up from that lore, but it's a new story that's not based around anything in the old lore. The old lore has been already done by the previous games, so I'm not sure how much there is to build up on. Okay, Bang Bang, hear me out. Just one second, Orko. Hear me out. If you have all of that already built up, yes? Like we were talking about, we have all the lore already, which has been in the past, and then Guardians were kind of like telling all that. What about you have you have your base already. The problem that happened with Destiny, they had no background. They had to create everything. The good thing about Halo Infinite, they already have everything behind, and they can keep moving forward with, with the story. And you already know what's, what what happened before. You know what I mean? You can start building within that story. 
Yeah, but then again, also, I'm not sure that's what really people in the Halo community want. Mm. Because they were already highly disappointed with 4 and 5. And if this is going to be something that's going to be like... Because the way the previous games worked, there was zero story DLC. Mm -hmm. There were no expansions. It was you get the game and that's what you have. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure the Halo community is like, okay, I want to essentially buy a game which is going to be a platform for me to buy more stuff into. Because it's a there is there is a divide. Not all communities are the same. Same as, you know, not all RPG fans play MMORPGs. Mm -hmm. Halo fans are not. Most of them, at least, are into tight competitive shooters. They're not into long form, you know, story driven game or platform that's built up on with expansions. That's not just how the Halo was ever. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that's like if they're gonna go that route. I'm not sure it's gonna work, or they're gonna lose a good chunk of the community. I don't think that to the point of lose the community. Well, they did lose a good chunk with four and five, so we'll see how this does. It might yeah, go. I mean, it might go good. It might go bad. bad. We'll see. Yeah. Um. What I what I wanted to say is like for me personally, I don't need another. Destiny-like game because we already have Destiny. I think Halo should be its own thing. Yeah. And it basically yeah, were in part 1, 2, 3, 4 region OST, ODST. Listen. Listen to me. Wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be cool to build your character as Halo on Halo? To build your character Half gear to chase, half weapon to chase, half perks, half attachments, half, no. you know, kind of like gear up your character a little bit and, you know, kind of like improve it. And the thing, the thing See, that's, is, uh, I'm, make, I'm making your own. Don't you? I... No, no, sorry. Uh, just the thing is, Halo's been always about Master Chief. And the thing is, whenever you, you had a game that where you didn't play or didn't follow Master Chief, People didn't really care about those games. It's a story of a character. Yes, but and... when you give the people the option of they, of them being the master chief, they, that op option was already given. We were the master chief in one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah Four but and five. Yeah, you your own character as master chief, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the, I mean, people. They, obviously, there will people. There will be people who care for this stuff. I don't yeah. I don't want to take that away from you, Val, that you have a point there. But we are not the audience for that. I think mm -hmm. Bum Bum and I aren't just the audience for that. Why would I build another Master Chief when he's already there? I don't see the point in that. Yeah, I mean I don't know all the all the story this or anything, but is... yeah, yeah, I... in the future or something, you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not that I don't understand you or what you want to communicate. I just don't see a point in it personally. It will make me play though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, like that, that's the thing. It's like uh, like uh, Halo's been never been that, and people come in to and they have a certain expectation. You know, you're gonna play Master Chief, you're gonna fight the Covenant or the Forerunners. 
and it's going to be a tight mostly single player and then if you want you can jump into the highly competitive multiplayer mm -hmm. and you buy a game and essentially you don't have to buy anything else it's like people investing into say counter-strike like it was for the longest time it was the consoles it was the the console and consoles equivalent of counter-strike mm -hmm. it's this tight design shooter Destiny is a fine game but it's certainly not tight it's not super super well balanced because there's always something off kilter that disrupts it mm -hmm. and halo's been never been that and people come in expect a really fine tooth experience right off the get-go no leveling no none of that nonsense halo is old school sure as as it comes on consoles and that's it always been that and i think that's what it's still selling point now because like i can go and place because I have the Master Collection, I can go play ODST or Halo 3, Halo 2, Halo 1 and have a blast, not have to worry about, you know, perks, building character, when it's a game that doesn't just need it. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, at least. I, I get think what it, you mean, and I think, I honestly think it's, that's what the game is going to be like. I think, like, if I'm going to say, I'm just going to put this out, I think not, no, not every game needs a leveling system, needs a character building. If you make a good game, Without it, it's still a good game. It doesn't need mm -hmm. it. I think it's going to have it, though. I, uh, Halo Infinite, the name gives something away, in my opinion, and it's kind of like maybe they might start building within the game and start showing you know, a different type of game. I mean, it's always been like that. In my opinion, times change and games change and games evolve. If Bungie didn't risk everything to go and do Destiny and instead done Destiny as Halo, we wouldn't have, you know, these kind of games now. They might, no. in my opinion, just the name. It, it might be just the name. It, they just call it Halo Infinite, and that's about it. And they move forward, you know, with the next name on a on a new game. If it's what I think it is, they're actually just going with this is Halo. You know, this is actually game from now on, Halo Infinite, and we're building within this game, and we keep. We're going to keep updating the game. We're going to keep adding stuff into the game. And then you're going to be playing this one game. You're going to be playing this one character, which is going to be the, you know, it's your guy, it's your, you know, your hero. And you feel like powerful and you, you feel like a hero. And you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be that guy that's going to be, uh, you know, it's your guy. So you have an attachment to him. So that's what these kind of games do. They, you create the guy, you create an attachment with that guy between the player and, and the character. So you create the attachment between them too. You know, you building on that guy. And that's what, for example, that's, you know, the example of Destiny is what makes people to be, you know, oh, I'm a hunter. I am a Titan. I'm a, I'm a warlock. But, you know, they, can't, they kind of like confront each other all the time. Oh, no, our class is the best. So th that class is the best. You have an attachment to that character. And you kind of get attached to the game and the character and you want to build within within that, which is I know how Halo has been in the past, and I totally agree with you. And I know lots of people will be disappointed, Bam Bam. I completely understand that. But I think the industry and you know, if if they all did the same thing over and over again, we would be stuck. And I think they're going to try maybe to tap into something that is already working for it would be silly for 343 Industries to be not looking at Bungie. 
They are working with bungees. That's bungee. That, what they what they working with is bungee. That's what created that company. That's what created those guys. That's why they could afford at some point to create Destiny. They are taking over the work of these guys left behind because of differences and stuff like that. And now they're building within that. You know, I, I think it would be silly enough for them to not look at, you know, Bungie and say, man, they've been going strong for six years. I mean, they've gone through a rough patch, yes, but now they settle down and they're working with one game only. And they're building on that game. You know, the leveling up system is not that bad. You know, it's keeping people playing. It's, you know, you got a tiny bit of microtransactions here and there. You can make an extra bit of money. And the system actually works for some reason. You know, they might be looking at it. I mean, they might not. You know, it might be just a coincidence that the game is called like that. I wish it was like that because that would make me play Halo. But for hardcore players of Halo, I don't think not a single one would love that. Like Bamban says, I, I completely agree with him in that regard. Yeah. But I, I hope, I really hope it's not like that. I really hope it's an open world, you know, where they're going to be building within the character. So when you, when you say the industry is changing and everything, I agree there will always be trends. There will always be fads that come and go. At one point, is it seeing something, taking it and make it your own? So innovating upon it? At what point is it just trend chasing? And if a franchise like Halo goes this path, they might as well do something very good. But for me at this point, because we had Anthem, we already mm -hmm. had The Division, we already mm -hmm. had other games that tried to emulate Destiny 2 and Destiny, um, at what point is it trend chasing? And in this case, it just comes off if they do it... At, to me, at least, is desperate trend chasing. I completely and agree with you. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying as anything. An, I, as an admittance of 343, we don't know what we are doing with the franchise at this point, so let's just copy that over there. That's mm, You already copying them in some way, because you, they, they have taken on their job. It's, you know, it's their creation. Uh, Halo is not theirs. Yeah, it's yeah, not, I know, a, I know. Not an original but IP. They, Industry three four three did nothing. They just took on a. They took it on or, or, from Bungie. Yeah. I know that, but yeah. at this, still, you can still make it your own in some respect. I Absolutely. mean, they tried to do it with four and five and failed miserably. Mm -hmm. So it might mm -hmm. as well just copy something, I guess. But this is this is what I'm saying. Like, at what point? Do we just say, okay, this is innovating on something, or is it just desperate trend chasing? I mean, we still see, have to see how it pans out, and this is going to be my last word on the discussion, because we're hopping on and on. We, we need to wait and see. I'm very reserved about it. Maybe it blows me away. Probably it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it will, be, it will be silly for them not to look at it, because it's so similar. Both of the games are like literally almost similar and they already have the story. So that's why I was saying, you know, it could be viable to do it. That's all. Okay. Because there is, a, there is an example already which is working and it's literally, you look at Halo, you look at Destiny and it's like, it's the same thing on different stories, basically. We had also agreed to talk about Forza Motorsport for a brief moment. So 
here it goes. I just give my assessment right off the bat. I do not really care for racing games. Uh, it's up to you too. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Bambam is. Uh, Bambam, do you like racing games? Yeah, I, I, play, yeah. I play a lot of them. But yeah, mm. like it looks like a modern racing game. That's about it. Like I'll just have to play it to really know what is going on there. I mean, you can agree with me. Forza is always a wonderful game. It's what I like. It's a. Uh, it's the. It's the mid, mid like the middle between simulator and an arcade game, mm -hmm. and that's what I like. Yeah, I think going way too way too much towards the simulator side, is just essentially just uh, money sink because you need a good essentially a play seat mm -hmm. and probably a good wheel pedals shifting. Whereas if you go to to more towards the arcade. I played Burnout 3 and I don't think I need any other arcade racer. So if you stand in the middle and you do well, yeah, I hope so it does. But yeah, it, we just had a short showing, so not yeah. much to really talk about there. The, the, they do basically what um, Forza is always done is what they call Simcade. It's just a, a hybrid between a simulator and an arcade kind of racing game. I think just the, the the game looks as good as always, because obviously I don't know how 1010 does it, but bloody hell, every single game that they do is absolutely stunningly looking. The game is running, like they said, the game is going to be running on 4K 60 FPS, which is blows my mind. That's literally the closest to reality you're going to see on a console. Honestly, the the... The cars look really good. They they don't show they don't show a ton of gameplay. A ton of game. There is some you know like the images you see about the cars is gameplay, because it, it's actually uh, they they actually you know have a, it's like footage capture capturing game. So it's actually the footage is capturing game, but they they show like a you know kind of like a replay. Uh, there's some cars like you know racing and that. So I mean every Forza, you have to agree with me. Every Forza is stunningly looking and good to play as well. Isn't it, Bam Bam? Yeah, that's about it, yeah. We had basically... I mean, you, you can you can harp on Destiny 2 for a little bit. How about that? Because they said <laughs> something about that as well. And then you can go to Avowed, and then we just present our games we liked, and then we can close it out, I think. That's actually a good thing. Okay, I was so, thinking... Maybe we leave the best for the last, but it's okay. <laughs> best comes to last because I will be talking about my two favorite games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Um, right, so Destiny, Destiny Two, and Game Pass. My goodness, you had to see my reaction. I, I think you saw it, didn't you? Or go? Yes. I yes. Did. My reaction, I started jumping all over the place. Like I almost broke my chair. I could not believe it. I I knew this was coming because Phil Spencer has been tapping into Destiny for a long time now. He's been tweeting about Destiny. He, he did it when they split up with Activision. Uh, he's done it several times when he's, post, uh, he's tweeted about Destiny. We all know he does play and he does like it. And he's got a good relationship with uh, the guys at Bungie. Obviously, we are not, you know, what happened, you know, they fell apart with Halo and everything. 
But with the change of direction, I believe, you know, Phil Spencer has changed the mentality and he likes, you know, what they do. It came as a surprise and not at the same time. I saw it coming, but you don't want to believe it. You know what I mean? So you don't get disappointed. And when they announced that the Destiny is coming to, to Game Pass and it's coming with everything. And that was, you know, the best, the best feeling ever because finally, you know, you got such a great game, which is coming, you know, basically to everyone that's going to own Game Pass, going to be able to play everything. They showed gameplay of the game on 4K 60 FPS. Wow. They, that game looks beautiful. Wow, the game looks beautiful. And they showed a little bit of the new abilities, the new expansion that is coming beyond light. And I was, I was just blown away. The, uh, uh, you know, uh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I'm actually watching it right now and it's like, I get goosebumps. And so basically it's going to be Destiny, all the Destiny 2 expansions, uh, the game with expansions are actually going to be available from September. In September, you're going to have the full-on game with all the expansions on Game Pass already. The expansion, the actual Beyond Light, the newest expansion is going to come out on November. So since September, everyone is going to be able to enjoy the game and play on Xbox Game Pass, which is amazing. I'm 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 super happy to see you know Bungie back into you know the Xbox lineup when they when when they were together on the, you know the first time around they created such a, an amazing franchise as Halo, and now they're back together, which is you know hopefully brings a great amazing franchise as destinies and going on to the next level now we don't have any you know no more activision evolve and it's all about man like honestly i'm super excited i just everything um that's the cherry on the cake for me on the whole show is showing that such an amazing game uh coming back to under the wing of uh microsoft and that's that's great to see is absolutely if you are a destiny site uh, destiny <laughs> a destiny player you gotta be excited with it i guess uh it's i believe uh, playstation has something similar isn't it as game pass no it doesn't really like you get some games with the playstation plus yeah well it's not but... the same well it's kind of similar isn't it like more like the um, game it's like it... Gold yeah like yeah yeah it's more like that yeah okay I can bet PlayStation is probably working. Sony is probably working on something like, you know, Game Pass for PlayStation already. And they probably announce it when they're, they do the next showcase or something. Yeah, um, they, they kind of have to considering otherwise it yeah. will be left in the dust because there's so much value you get with I wouldn't be Microsoft surprised. stuff now. Yeah. Yep, yeah. They need um, to work on that desperately. Yeah. I, I think that they're actually what they're going to announce on the, on the next presentation. I, I mean, I guess they're going to announce on the next presentation because you know right now they, they if they don't do it they're going to be falling behind from from the guys from from microsoft i wouldn't be surprised if you know destiny would do you know bungie would do the same with sony as well if they come up with you know like, game pass yeah i mean it's a, it's a move from you know it's an independent developer now as we all know there's no publishers uh, involved there's no activism anymore there's no other companies that are taking care of the the company they do their own thing so they do their own publishing they do everything themselves and 
you know, I love the, the, the IP. I love the, the company, what, how they're doing things. And they listen to the, it's a company that listens to the, the fan base and they react based on what they hear from them. And it's actually changing for the good. This year, we have seen a massive turnaround from, from the game. Do just the game is doing, I mean, the, the guys at Bungie are doing what people want from the game. Like we have on the game what we want. It's not then just putting out things, you know, like a brand new game or stuff like that. They just came out and said, you know, this is the game. This is what we're going to continue with. There you go. That's what we got. That's what we're going to give you. Uh, sending feedback and uh, we'll keep evolving the game. Nice partnership with Microsoft coming to Game Pass. And the gameplay looks stunning. The new abilities and everything. The new subclass, which is kind of like the darkness. And you can throw like, you know, some icy stuff on the ground and everything. So it looks really good. 4K 60 FPS. Oof. It's going to be a change. It's going to be a change on console. I mean, obviously, you can play... I play on PC and I play on 120 FPS, which is, you know, night and day with 60. But for a console player, which we are right now stuck on, you know, 4K 30 FPS, it's not the best. So moving on to, you know, 4K 60, you know, it, that's really good. That's really good to be uh, wrong in a console. And, you know, for console players, it is great news that we have, you know, uh, Destiny for free, completely complete Destiny for free, and you know, like I, I not just because it's Destiny, but uh, games like Destiny, it is difficult to keep up because there is so many expansions and there is so many things. And even though the game is free, people don't have the expansions and they always feel a bit left out. You know what I mean? So Microsoft has done really well there, and they kind of like took the game and said, okay, we're taking the game, we're taking all the expansions, we're giving you everything, everything that is up to date, and you can get it if you have Game Pass. I think it's a brilliant thing. You can actually uh, play Game Pass on, on PC as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you can get both either the Game Pass or you can get the Ultimate Game Pass, which works on your uh, Microsoft account. So you can use it on both PC and console as well. And you can even carry off carry over saves, which is cool. Even, that's amazing. Yeah. Even better. There you go. Super excited, super excited. Good news, good news. And nice. I was really happy to hear that. That's great. This, uh, what, what was the title of the game? Uh, let's go to Avowed. Val. You like that, you said. Uh, which one? Avowed. Avowed, yes. It looked really good, actually. Uh, it, it has been great. Do we have any more news about the, the game? Um, so here's, here's my, my, my personal hot take on it. And uh, bear with me here. I dislike Obsidian with a passion at this point. For various reasons. I think it looks like Arx Fatalis from the very brief moment of gameplay we've seen. It could turn out differently, it always can, but it gave me heavy Ultima Underworld and Arx Fatalis vibes. I just might go and replay those once it releases. I don't know if there are more news on that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it turns out fantastic and rekindles my passion for obsidian games i doubt it i i, I don't know I, it just intrigued me the game actually intrigued me have you have you ever heard of arx fatalis no it's a very old game that was also on the first xbox and mm -hmm. 
what you basically do is you just wake up in this giant underground labyrinth. You're in mm -hmm. jail and you don't know what happened. And your goal is to find out what happened, basically. And you can be a fighter, a rogue, or a mage, if I remember correctly. Bum Bum, you can jump in here and correct me every time if I'm wrong, please. What you do is basically you have it from the first-person perspective and, and you run around in this gigantic underground labyrinth mm -hmm. and yeah what made it unique basically is you could also combo your classes in some kind of way and you had to draw sigils on the screen with your mouse to cast spells okay and this is basically the everything about the disavowed presentation the the last bit at the end where he had the sword in one hand and drew the sigil on the screen in the other hand, completely, I was immediately thinking Arx Fatalis the moment I saw it. Yeah, I mean, what I saw, like, what I liked is the fact that a game actually, when I looked at it, I was like, it gave me the vibes of, um, um, what is it? Oh my God, I just went blank for a second. Lord of the Rings. I just came back to Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, because like, it looks like second. Moria. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, for one second, I was like experiencing like if there was a game that is going to be like I am inside of you know the Lord of the Rings world and I can cast spells and with the sword and everything. It was just the one moment that made me think, "Wow, okay." Uh, you know, it piqued my interest. I mean, obviously they have to the the, the game might not be good in the end, but that one trailer was very well thought out and what it was very well put together. Because it piques your interest. The 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 you know the what you said, the, you know, that he created the, the spell and everything while holding the sword and something coming through a door like in the background. That was, you know, really good looking and I mean I hope it's good. Oh no, like it, you said, you know, that it's already a game, but I mean is that game on on console? It's on the on the very first it was on the very first Xbox. I distinctly mm -hmm. remember that. Um, it's also on PC. It's actually made by the... It was actually the very first game by the Dishonored Deaths. It, it would some, be clever to bring a game like this back into the new generation of consoles, isn't it? Or something similar. Maybe. I don't know. I I think um, only if they would significantly uh, change it or make it their own. So we we need to see about that one. Like I said, I I have a personal gripe with Obsidian. I think they with the last games they overstretched, dumping down a lot. Just where I come from, I was super excited when they did Pillars of Eternity. I was like I was like you when Destiny Two happened. Yeah, Pillars of Eternity <laughs> was my Destiny Two. Okay, and I loved the game. I have two hundred. 50 hours in that damn game because I just <laughs> loved it. I loved it. And then they made Tyranny. Tyranny was like a step back from everything that made Pillars of Eternity great, but it was still a good game. You could still play it. It still had that quality writing that Obsidian provides. It had quality gameplay. It was just not as good. If that makes yeah. sense. And then Pillars of Eternity 2 happened, and someone who gets 
all that mad or furious about video games or uses the word hate a lot. But I thoroughly hated Pillars of Eternity 2 with all my all the fire of my soul I had. They might come up with something, you know, spectacular. Let's hope it is to to for our, you know, for our sake, you know, it's it's our it's on our benefit if, you know, I I just if now. they if they make a good game, I'm the first one to admit that. But I mean, let, let, like, let's hope it is. It does look good. What you said, they I'm, come up with something similar like that, like the game that you're talking about, and they make it right. That will make you fall in love again, isn't it? With them, um, if they if they do it good, I'm all yeah. for it. I I'm yeah. actually craving a new Ultima Underworld or a new Arx Fatalis. It's not like that. I don't want these games. I am just not sure if Obsidian can do it. That's what I'm saying. Let's hope they do. I mean, I played the Outer Worlds. They can't. <laughs> don't, don't don't be like that. Don't be like that, guys. Uh, I played, it's, I played it's, the latest it's... game. It's a it's a mess, man. I'm not well, holding. May, maybe they have been working on this game. They, maybe they click and you know they click with something and they get it. You know somehow right, and they actually yeah, you know kind of like. I really, I really hope they do. Uh, it's actually, like I said, you know, the game intrigued me, and what I saw was good. Obviously, it's only a trailer, and we're not seeing anything else. Just a tiny bit of gameplay, but that's about it. Um, I really hope they can get it right and they do it because uh, that game, I would play that game. I, I would really play that game. That's okay, and I want to see you play it. But first, <laughs> I challenge you to find. Arx Fatalis and to play it on stream. But that's a very old game. Yes, but I challenge you to do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. That's a very old game. We, that's we, not on, we'll, on... we, we'll see, we'll see. I think it's on the Xbox Store even. I'm going to look it up. If I find okay. it, I challenge you to play it. <laughs> okay. Ch challenge, <laughs> challenge sent out. Let's see if you accept it. Uh, moving on. Bam Bam, your highlights. I mean, I think our highlights both pretty much align, don't they? Yeah, I think they're pretty much the same for me. It was uh, Stalker 2 teaser and the uh, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. For me, are basically the same. So, obviously, Stalker 2 was just a teaser trailer and we have to take it with a grain of salt because it can pretty easily go very, very wrong. And Stalker is one of my favorite games of all time. It's just such a rough and <laughs> amazing experience at the same time, especially when you have mods installed, um, yeah. that I look thoroughly forward to this one. And I hope yeah. this time they actually can make this game playable at launch. <laughs> yes, I very much hope so as well. Mm. Um, I mean, they already had a decent track record. I mean... What was it? Uh, Clear Skies was a bit of a mess, but Call of Pripyat was great. Yeah, Call of Pripyat. So was they have game. they have an already experience of building a new game in that field. So, I mean, if we get anything as good as Call of Pripyat or even better, I'm all for it. Um, it looks like they're following the similar story because it it shows the the brain scorcher. Explain, 
explain the story just a little bit so people don't feel left out because we are just learning. Okay, yeah, yeah, no worries. So it's a it's a story is based around the uh, book uh, Roadside Picnic, at least slightly. It doesn't follow it completely. It's for its own story. So the story starts. You're a you wake up in a zone which was created by the second explosion in the Chernobyl uh, reactor. And it is this anomalous zone where there are physical anomalies and mutants and some supernatural stuff seemingly is happening. And you wake up with a tat uh, with a PDA that says uh, kill Strelok, a tattoo stalker. Stalkers are people in the zone that are looking for artifacts that are created by the anomalies and they have some properties and they also sell for a lot of money so that's why talking uh, taking them then there is armies the cordon of the zone and as the zone i mean i didn't expect to we <laughs> sorry explaining what's no, no, the story it's, of stalker it's, it's fine it's fine just so people get a little bit of gist of it and if you think now dear listener hey that sounds familiar yes the metro deaths were part of the stalker deaths so there you go another tidbit of wisdom uh yeah. from new york and metro is also based on a book again. So that's also an interesting yeah. fact. Glukowski brothers, right? Uh, it's just one guy. Oh, Di- oh Dimitri Glukowski. Yeah. yeah. Dimitri Glukowski. Uh, he wrote Metro. He wrote it in a blog, and um, people helped him to develop the story. And at one day, a publisher knocked at his door and he got his book published. That's basically the story of how Metro got published. And then some of the stalker deaths broke off and made Metro 2033 and formed 4A games, so there is that. What stalker essentially was, was also very open worldish. <laughs> One of the yeah. open world games I like, uh, because there was a lot to do in it, and there was just not like, pointer go here, pointer go there, pointer there is something... You had to actually work for that stuff. So, if you went out exploring, you never knew what you would stumble across. I still remember that I found a sewer entrance, and then suddenly I came out in a military base. That was a wild ride, I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah, that uh, that's one of the open worlds that's just the right size, yeah. and every single point you find gives you something that will help you. You know, be it supplies, weapons, armor, exactly. whatever. Exactly. There wasn't... Sometimes in the newer open worlds, what you get is a point that's just there to be a dot on a map and nothing else. Here, you actually... Every single point has a, has a reason to be there. And it's a heavily based uh, on survival. So if you play... It, it had a really weird difficulty scaling, where the hardest difficulty was the one that was very much the only one worth playing, where the enemies didn't take two magazines of worth of bullets to die, and died in one to two shots, whereas you were the same, you died in just a couple of shots as well. I think because it was a sort of a horror game as well, in certain bits. So it yeah. helped that as well, to heighten the atmosphere. Because it would just, it would just go down in an old Soviet bunker with barely any lightning and you would just have your trusty flashlight and suddenly mutants would sprung at you. Oh, the first time you you see the one that can go invisible. Yeah. I think is the bloodsucker. Yeah. 
there that was... that's one like band's wedding moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, this this is I'm I'm genuinely excited for this, and I want to see in which direction they they take it because this is this can actually pretty much a game changer for me personally if they do it mm. really well, and I trust cheesy. GSC Game World to to just do it right. They don't have a flawless yeah. track record, but they have a good track record. With them. The other game, like Bum Bum already said, is Warhammer 40k Dark Tide, which will be a four-person co-op shooter set in the Warhammer 40k universe. You just why? How do I know this? Why do I know this? Well, I've seen the trailer, and I also know for a fact, Fat Shark made two Warhammer games before that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm. I want to see how they bring over the various classes from Vermintide to Dark Tide. I can imagine that you, not that you you said prisoners earlier when we weren't on air. That you play prisoners or normal soldiers. I probably think we will. I think it will be more in line that you have maybe one, one Space Marine. One Psyker, one Inquisitor, something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, that's because the trailer shows just a Imperial Guard squad. Yeah, yeah. All with different, uh, you know, one has the plasma gun, the other one has the the flashlight. I, I think we, we haven't seen the true squad so far. Yeah, they, because they I look, think the Ghost Darker essentially look like they die. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, um, they, they just, uh, yes, they look like essentially they die. Um, so I think the trailer is more geared, uh, geared towards like, oh, there is a huge threat over there, let's send in the squad, and the squad will turn out to be a Space Marine, a Psyker, and what else do they have? Um, yeah. Librarians. Yeah. yeah, librarians, or a Mechanicus, uh, mm-hmm. whatever there is in the Warhammer 40k universe, because they, they had... In 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 the Vermintide games, Fat Shark had like these very distinct characters. So you had basically a mercenary, you had a dwarf, you had a mage, and you had a wood elf, all with very different playstyles. And I imagine them, yeah, like the Space Marine being the close quarter expert, the Inquisitor maybe the sniper, the um, Psyker more here towards the magic side of things in quotations like with his brain powers make these monsters explode and the last one a mechanicus is more a tool guy like um deploying turrets or something like that so this could be a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh if they do it right because the roman tide games were also very fun uh i would yeah. actually suggest val because he likes his co-op shooters to take a look at those <laughs> they are on Xbox. <laughs> I really, I really like how it looked. To be honest with you, I felt like the was what was the last one, Vermintide. Vermintide Two is the last one they made. The Vermintide Two. I played that one, and just to me, it felt clunky. To me, it just felt clunky. That's you know, that's that was my opinion on it. Uh, I actually played it, and I think it's, it was a good game, but it felt clunky to me. Yeah, I think it's also it's one of the few games that's straight up more focused towards melee combat rather than yeah, yeah, exactly. range combat. And if you go into that, it needs to just it takes a while to click before you you know switch into that mindset. 
because I was the same way. I used to play a lot of Left 4 Dead 2, and then I play uh, Vermintide. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, and you need you need to go into combat, close combat, mm -hmm. to make yeah. it really worth your while. Otherwise, the game is a little bit clunky. I agree on that. Um, it's just different, you know, and mm -hmm. a good kind of different. And this will probably... I don't know if they will make it again more close combat uh, based or if they are going to make it more... Uh, let's say... Uh, Gun-based, which would yeah. make more sense in a way. Then again, like just I guess that's just because how I used to play the tabletop there's still a lot of combat happens in melee range. Yeah, I know. It's just, I yeah. I would, I, I, I'm trying to think how, what would make more sense for the 40k universe to uh, happen, and what is the expectation of the players, actually, um, on, of the new, potential new players, because if yeah. I, if I think Vermintide or now Darktide, I obviously want my close combat, but if a new player sees that I think he's more expecting gun based combat, gun focused combat yeah. and Dark Tide is also a fresh start for the studio mm -hmm. in a way, yeah. so we'll see how they approach it yeah, I think it all just depends on the characters we get because if we get the Imperial Guard, we're gonna be shooting more if we get more a squad that lean more towards the super soldier side, we're gonna get like a hybrid of melee and ranged. Yeah. I think and I hope it will be the hybrid because they just try to balance it out and to try to appease to both factions. Mm -hmm. That would be actually great if they can pull that off. I imagine yeah. it to be very hard to pull off, but yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. So those those were my highlights of the show, my personal highlights. Totally out of left field. I just want it to be a uh, good, and if it feels and if it feels fluid, I'll take it. Yeah, like I, I like yeah, it just felt you know a bit weird for me. Um, okay, I I can see that. Uh, yeah, so. But that's it from my side, so if you guys don't have anything, we can close out the show. No, I think I'm all in the presentation. Do you have any, guys, any final, I mean, we can give it a score, uh, final thoughts on the... Sure. Let's give some final thoughts. Value first. <laughs> Why do I go first always? No, okay, because so... <laughs> we, we, went la we went first last time. I remember that. For me, when, you know, like I said before, it went really well. It just showcased the games, which it was all about. Like, I actually just discussed that piece uh, with Bam Bam before we started the Orgocast. And yeah, he kind of mentioned it. Um, I said this was about the games. And he mentioned to me, yeah, the previous one wasn't meant to be about the games. And we kind of got it all wrong. But now they were showing the games. Um, so yeah, like fair enough. That makes sense. Uh, now they were showing the games. Now they were showing the full potential of the console. And now they, you know, they are telling us, you know, uh, this is what we got. This is what gonna, this is what we got showing you. I would give it myself. Uh, it's gonna be a nine out of ten. I'm gonna give it a nine just for one reason, one reason only, not because of Destiny, obviously. 
Of um, course, it's of destiny. <laughs> Low key, it's always thing. about destiny. <laughs> that will be a thing out of thing. No, uh, the one reason is that I missed the. I, I I need to know. Like they should have finished with. This is the launch date. This is the price. You can pre-order it now. They should have done something like that. It's either business marketing, not doing it after the show because it would, you know, it, the feeling of the show will be completely different probably for so many people. Just to know the price, just knowing the price will be, uh, uh, you know, put, put a lot of people down or, you know, it will, you know, put everyone off. Um, and also, I don't know, I think that they, because they may not have the amount, like unlimited amounts to sell, they might be go, you know, because of the, you know, the COVID and stuff, they might have a limited amount of consoles. They might just announce it out of the blue one day and whoever gets it, gets it first, you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, not having, you know, hype it up massively where everyone is watching the show. Do that. And then everyone is trying to access the website crazy, you know, the, you know, website so like broken and no one, you know, able to buy um you know maybe they're just gonna go and say out of the blue any day just say okay the console is launching this day and it's gonna cost you that much it's either you know marketing or thing of you know not having enough resources to sell so they might have been you know holding it back a little bit maybe they they're looking at maybe if they can uh, speed up the produce of the of the consoles or something or the production of the console. That's the only thing. It's a nine out of ten because I don't know the date is coming out and I don't know the price of the console yet. So it's gonna be either you or Bambam. Bambam. Yeah, I mean it was a good show. There was uh, some stuff I liked. Uh, obviously, Stalker, uh, Warhammer 40k, Dark Tide. I also didn't expect to see it was the Fantasy Star Online 2, as it gets uh, essentially a remake. So that looks yeah, good. That could be I, good. I might play that. Then we have uh, the the game from the Steam World Deaths. Oh yeah, completely forgot about the, that one as the well. Gunk. The gunk. Yeah, so there was some stuff I really liked. Um, and we got gameplay. I wish there was gameplay for every single game we got, but at the same time, I understand why there wasn't. So yeah, it was a good event. Way better than the previous showing. The previous showing was a disaster. This one was good. Didn't make me angry. Out of time. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, um, just one one last mention before we 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 uh, move on with this. Um, a special mention to Fable. It was actually announced, but we forgot to mention it. Yeah, I got the announcement trailer. The yeah. previous games weren't all that hot after the first one, even the first one. So it's good to see it's coming back, but. To really get excited, I just I think a lot of those, especially people who played the playable games, just need to see more if there's something to be really excited about. Just to build on what Bam Bam said, I, you know me, I always like write down the games and one my first thought that came into my mind when seeing it. And literally, the first thought on Fable was hasn't been good since since the first game. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it, it, it is exciting times to have a new fable and see what they can do with it. If they if they do something great, I'm in. If it's just like the older games, uh, yeah. But I they get why people but, like it. Yeah, especially mention to fable because it's a classic and 
to close it out, I already said it at the start, the show has everything I need from a show. It had gameplay, it had uh, reveals I didn't expect, and it genuinely made me excited about some stuff. I give it a, what do we say, a mildly uh, excited out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that <laughs> that sounds great that sounds great <laughs> oh you too <laughs> what am i going to do with you too <laughs> we we are just so uh unfazed at this point by everything i mean i was there when Dai katana launched what do you expect <laughs> true yeah um, it's gonna be great. Uh, just waiting. I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to the PlayStation presentation. If I'm honest with you, we'll I want see. to see what they have to offer and what they want to. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like now uh, the cards are out for uh, Xbox. They are, you know, they showed everything they have. They they like, you know, this is what we got. This is what we're gonna show, and this is what what uh, I'm... you can expect. So, well, what I actually really nice. Well, what I genuinely are excited about is to see how Sony will catch up to Microsoft because the race is on now. It's officially started. The only mm -hmm. thing yeah. that is missing is the price and the competition mm -hmm. is hot. Also, everyone copying Nintendo Directs is the best thing in the world because I can watch it whenever and I don't need to stay up in the middle of the night for it. This is great. Thank you, yeah. Nintendo, for coming up with the direct format. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> this was episode 15 of the OrcaCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I bid the affair well. Lord Well, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Lord Val Twitch, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm on TikTok as well. <laughs> Lorval Gaming, uh, and on Twitch, I stream every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Lorval Gaming. Bam Bam, where can we find you? In the dark corners of the earth, and if you sacrifice your firstborn, sometimes in the chat of Orko's streams. Sounds great. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash theorcosaurus. Twitter.com slash TheOrcosaurus and Instagram.com Orcosaurus. And I stream on Monday, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays on Twitch. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Next week, same time, different topics. And everyone, have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day, all. <laughs>